I have always been cautious of the forest, knowing my limits and never going too far when I don't know the area. When I was younger, I lived in a place where my backyard was the woods. I have always loved them and cherished the memories I have had in the embrace of the trees. But recently something happened. I am figuring out where to begin since I haven't told anyone this. If I go to the police, they'll wave me off and ignore me, so I am at a loss for the right words. Even though this is a story platform, I would love recommendations and ideas of people I can go to if anyone can help. But anyway, I love autumn and everything that comes with it. The temperature change, the leaves, and the brisk air that goes into your lungs and fills you with a warmer feeling. I love it enough to take time off work on an annual hiking trip. I live in Alberta only to take a trip back to Saskatchewan in September, going north and walking through the bush. I am gone for a few days before returning home, but whatever. I usually tent it and go for about 31 miles. I have been doing this for the past 6 years and do not regret it. I just got back from my hiking trip and strongly feel the need to write this. I drove down a week ago and parked alongside the highway, getting up and venturing and with a GPS, my phone, a book, and any food I needed. It is always peaceful, with the initial few steps feeling great as I walk in, starting my trip. I walked for the better part of the day, stopping a few times to eat and drink water as I walked nearly 12 miles on the first day. I pitched the tent and headed in for the night, only to hear rustling and moving about 50 feet away. I got up, looking out at the woods and couldn't see anything at first. The fire I had set up hadn't gone out yet, so I watched for a few minutes when I finally saw what looked like a humanoid figure stepping back into the shadows. I screamed out to them and got no reply, so I figured I was tired and just needed sleep, so I did. The following day, I got up and kept walking, having everything packed up as I continued on. It was a typical day as I had only seen a deer and a bear from a distance. I thought nothing of the previous night as I took another 12 mile hike, stopping for the night again. The second night was hell. Every few hours, I started hearing whispers. I initially thought it was a bunch of stupid teens pranking me, but now that I am 24 miles in the woods, I have no idea what the noises were. They spoke in a low mutter, waking me up a few times as I kept getting a chill down my spine. The first time I woke up to it, I opened the tent and saw absolutely nothing. The fire had gone out and the trees were dark. I kept watching the trees, expecting to see someone hiding, but I saw nothing, so I went back to bed. I woke up a few hours later and heard someone muttering a few meters away from my tent. The mumble was low and grisly, but it was human. I ripped open the door and stared, seeing nothing for a moment before catching a humanoid creature running away on all fours in my sight. Now, believe me when I say I thought I was going crazy. I felt tired, so I chalked it up to a nightmare mixed with reality, falling back asleep. The next day I packed my stuff and started heading back to the truck. It was going to be a 24 mile hike, so I walked quicker than usual. I passed many landmarks and only a few hours before noticing something was off. One of my landmarks was a clearing. It felt artificial, but I didn't think anything of it as I passed through the first time. Now on my way back, I stopped before the clearing, freezing almost at sight before me. There were random limbs askew to branches on trees and a red liquid in every direction around the clearing. I know this was not here before. I know I would be able to see this, and this was done professionally. It felt like a ritual or shrine as I walked through it. Maybe even a battlefield where the bodies were just left to rot. 
I made my way through this, taking a picture to show authorities once I got out. Maybe five miles after that sight, I saw one of the most terrifying displays I hoped to ever witness. When I was walking, suddenly ahead of me, maybe 50 feet or so, a man wearing a black suit stood still, staring straight at me with his arms resting in front of him, almost standing at attention. It felt unnatural and bizarre. I slowly walked closer and shouted out to him. Hello. No response. I chuckled nervously to myself and spoke, getting closer. Um, what are you doing? No response. Now, I felt something was severely off. I changed my trajectory and was planning on walking past him. He was creepy and kept looking at me. I had a horrible feeling in my gut as I started picking up the pace. Suddenly, the guy dropped to his hands and feet, staring and contorting his body before letting out a weird crackly breath. I also heard the rustling of leaves surrounding me as I looked around and realized he was not the only one. There was someone behind me and to my left and right. Everyone is wearing suits and getting on all fours, breathing harshly. Suddenly, there was silence. All of them stopped breathing and simply stared at me. Looking back, I realized that every one of their eyes turned white in the few seconds of silence. I looked around, now jogging to get out of this messed up diamond. Then, with minimal sound, all of them started sprinting at me on all fours, making no breathing noises or huffs as they silently ran through the crackling leaves. When they started sprinting, I ran as fast as possible, kicking the one ahead of me in the arm and making them stagger. I ran as I heard the leaves behind me break and crackle under the creature's limbs. After an eternity of running, I listened to a ghastly howl and a messed up cry as the leaves stopped cracking. And then I only heard myself running. I kept jogging for another mile before slowing down and turning around, seeing absolutely nothing behind me. It was terrifying and eerie as I walked to my truck, got in and drove home. I cannot begin to describe this encounter to the degree it deserves. I can only express the fear and uncertainty I have now. Everything I have seen is improbable and I am at a loss for words. I do not know what to do or who to tell. What the hell do I do? It was a dark and stormy night and I was driving through the dense forest that surrounded my small town. I had been on the road for hours and I was starting to feel the fatigue setting in. I knew I needed to find a place to stop and rest for the night, but I was in the middle of nowhere and there were no motels or hotels in sight. As I continued on, the road started to twist and turn and the trees seemed to close in around me. The headlights of my car barely penetrated the darkness and I could barely make out the shapes of the trees as they flew by. I kept checking my map, hoping to find some sign of civilization, but all I saw was an endless expanse of forest. Just when I was starting to lose hope, I saw a faint light in the distance. It was a small, flickering glow, but it was enough to give me hope. I pressed down on the gas and followed the light, eager to find whatever it was that was waiting for me. As I got closer, I realized that the light was coming from an old, run-down gas station. It was nestled in a clearing among the trees, and it looked like it hadn't been used in years. The windows were all broken, and the roof was caved in. Despite its dilapidated state, I was relieved to see it. I pulled up to the pumps and turned off the engine. I sat in my car for a moment, trying to decide what to do. I knew I should just fill up my tank and get back on the road, but I was so tired. 
I decided to go inside and see if there was anyone who could help me. I grabbed my flashlight and stepped out into the rain. The door to the gas station was stuck and it took all my strength to wrench it open. I stepped inside, my flashlight beam illuminating the dusty shelves and rusted machinery. It was clear that no one had been here in a long time. I called out, hoping to find someone, but there was no answer. I made my way to the back of the store, where I found a small room with a cot and a sink. It was clear that someone had been living here, but there was no sign of anyone now. I sat down on the cot and let out a sigh. I was just about to close my eyes when I heard a noise. It was a faint scratching sound, like something was trying to dig its way through the wall. I stood up, my heart racing, and put my flashlight to the wall. There was nothing there, but the scratching sound continued. It seemed to be coming from everywhere at once, and it was getting louder and more insistent. I backed away from the wall, my flashlight shaking in my hand. Suddenly, the scratching stopped. There was a moment of silence, and then I heard a faint whisper. It sounded like it was coming from right behind me. I spun around, shining my flashlight in every direction, but there was no one there. I was alone in the gas station, or so I thought. I started to back towards the door, my flashlight beam dancing across the room. I was almost there when I felt a cold hand on my shoulder. I screamed and swung around, ready to fight, but there was no one there. I ran out of the gas station, my heart pounding in my chest. I jumped in my car and locked the doors, turning the key in the ignition with shaking hands. The engine sputtered to life, and I floored it, tearing out of the clearing and back onto the dark road. I drove as fast as I could, the headlights of my car illuminating the way. I kept checking the rearview mirror, expecting to see something following me, but there was nothing there. I had no idea where I was going, but I knew I had to get as far away from that gas station as possible. I drove for what felt like hours, the rain pounding against my windows and the wind howling through the trees. Just when I thought I was safe, I saw a figure standing in the middle of the road. It was a tall, thin figure with long, flowing hair. Its skin was a sickly green color and it had glowing yellow eyes that seemed to pierce right through me. I hit the brakes, but it was too late. The figure reached out with long, clawed hands and tore the door off my car. I screamed and tried to fight, but it was no use. The figure dragged me out of the car and into the darkness. I struggled and kicked, but the thing was too strong. It dragged me deeper into the forest, its claws digging into my skin. I could feel its breath on my face as it leaned in close. What are you? I yelled, trying to break free. I am the skinwalker. It hissed, its voice a mixture of anger and pain. I am the guardian of these woods, and I will not let you leave alive. I knew then that I was doomed. The skinwalker was a legendary creature said to be able to take on the form of any animal it desired. It was said to be able to change its shape at will, and it was feared by all who knew of it. I closed my eyes, expecting the worst, but instead I felt the skinwalker's grip loosen. I opened my eyes to see it standing before me, its claws retracted and its eyes no longer glowing. You have been spared, it said, its voice now soft and gentle. But be warned, do not come back to these woods. They are not for the likes of you. With that, the skinwalker vanished into the darkness, leaving me alone on the road. I stumbled back to my car and drove as fast as I could, never looking back. I never returned to those woods again, and I never spoke of my encounter with the skinwalker. But I knew that it was still out there, guarding the secrets of the forest and protecting those who respected its power.
I drove for what felt like hours, my hands shaking on the steering wheel and my heart racing in my chest. I couldn't believe what had just happened. I had always heard stories about the skinwalker, but I had never believed they were real. Now, I knew the truth. As the dawn broke, I finally saw the outskirts of my town. I was so relieved to be home that I burst into tears. I pulled into my driveway and stumbled out of the car, my legs shaking beneath me. I fell to my knees on the front lawn, my body racked with sobs. I had never been so scared in my life, and I didn't know how I was going to go on. Just when I thought I couldn't take it anymore, I felt a hand on my shoulder. I looked up to see my neighbor, Mrs. Jenkins, standing above me with a concerned look on her face. Are you okay, dear? She asked, helping me to my feet. I tried to speak, but the words wouldn't go. I just shook my head and fell into her arms, sobbing uncontrollably. Mrs. Jenkins led me inside and sat me down on the couch. She wrapped a blanket around me and made me a cup of tea, talking to me in a soothing voice. As the sun rose higher in the sky, I finally started to calm down. I told Mrs. Jenkins everything that had happened, and she listened with a look of shock on her face. I had no idea, she said when I was finished. I always thought the skinwalker was just a legend. I had no idea it was real. I nodded, still feeling the fear coursing through my veins. It's real, I said. And it's out there, waiting for its next victim. Mrs. Jenkins patted my hand and stood up. Well, you're safe now, she said. And you're not going to leave this house until you're feeling better. I'll make you some breakfast and we'll figure out what to do from there. I nodded, grateful for her kindness. I knew I would never forget my encounter with the skinwalker. But with Mrs. Jenkins by my side, I knew I could survive anything. Over the next few days, I stayed at Mrs. Jenkins' house, trying to recover from my crazy experience. She took care of me like I was her own child, bringing me meals and sitting with me while I tried to process everything that had happened. I knew I couldn't stay there forever, though. Eventually, I would have to go back to my own home and face the world again. But the thought of it filled me with dread. I didn't know if I would ever be able to feel safe again, knowing that the skinwalker was out there. One morning, Mrs. Jenkins walked into my room with a concerned look on her face. I have some news, she said. I think you'll want to hear it. I sat up in bed, bracing myself for the worst. What is it? I asked. There have been some strange occurrences in the town, Mrs. Jenkins said. People have been reporting seeing strange creatures roaming the streets at night. Some say it's the skinwalker, back to haunt us. I felt my heart sink. What are we going to do? I asked. Mrs. Jenkins patted my hand. We're going to stay safe, she said. We'll lock the doors and keep the lights on. And if we see anything strange, we'll call the police. We'll be okay. I agreed with a nod, feeling a little bit better. Mrs. Jenkins was right. As long as we were careful, we would be okay. Over the next few weeks, I stayed with Mrs. Jenkins, trying to put the skinwalker out of my mind. I knew it was still out there, but I tried to focus on the present and not let my fear consume me. One night, as I was sitting on the couch watching TV, I heard a knock on the door. Mrs. Jenkins and I looked at each other, our eyes wide with fear. Who could that be? She whispered. I shrugged, my heart racing. We both knew it could be the skinwalker, come to finish what it had started. Mrs. Jenkins stood up, her face determined. I'll go see who it is, she said. I watched as she walked to the door, my heart in my throat. She opened it a crack and peeked out, then let out a sigh of relief. 
It's the police, she said, opening the door all the way. Two officers walked in, their faces serious. We're here about the skinwalker, one of them said. I looked up, my heart pounding. What about it? I asked. We've been getting reports of strange creatures roaming the streets at night, the officer said. We think it might be the skinwalker. I nodded, feeling a sense of dread wash over me. I know, I said. I've seen it. The officers looked at me with surprise. You have, one of them asked. I nodded. It attacked me on the road, but then it let me go. I don't know why, but it's out there, and it's dangerous. The officers looked at each other, then back at me. We'll take your warning seriously, one of them said. We'll keep an eye out for the skinwalker and do our best to keep the town safe. I nodded, feeling a sense of relief wash over me. I knew I would never forget my encounter with the skinwalker, but at least now I knew that others were aware of the skinwalker, and I was determined to live my life to the fullest. I made a promise to myself to always be aware of my surroundings and to be cautious, but I also vowed to not let fear hold me back. I knew that the skinwalker was still out there, but I also knew that I was stronger than it was. As the years passed, I never forgot about the skinwalker, but I also never saw it again. And even though I knew it was still out there, lurking in the shadows, I also knew that I was ready to face it if it ever came for me again. It all started on a dark and stormy night, but we were out in the middle of nowhere, camping in a national park with no electricity or cell service. We had planned this trip for months, a group of old college friends excited to reconnect and spend some quality time in nature. As the rain pounded against the tent, I tried to ignore the creeping sense of unease that had settled in my stomach. I told myself it was just the howling wind and the rustling trees, but deep down I knew there was something more sinister at play. The others were huddled around the campfire, trying to keep warm and pass the time with stories and jokes, but I couldn't shake the feeling that we were being watched. I kept catching glimpses of movement in the shadows, fleeting figures darting just beyond the edge of the firelight. I tried to brush it off as my imagination running wild, but as the night wore on, the strange occurrences only seemed to escalate. Strange noises echoed through the woods, eerie whispers that seemed to follow us wherever we went. And then there was the smell, a sickly sweet stench that seemed to hang in the air, clinging to our clothes and skin. I knew we had to leave, to get as far away from this place as possible. But it was too late. We were trapped, and whatever was out there in the darkness was closing in on us. As the night wore on, the strange noises around our tents only seemed to get louder and more ominous. It was as if whatever was out there was trying to taunt us, to let us know that it was watching and waiting. One of our group, a nervous and high-strung guy named Dave, started to panic. He insisted that we pack up and leave right then and there, no matter the weather. But the rest of us were too scared to venture out into the storm, not knowing what might be lurking in the shadows. So we huddled together in our tents, trying to block out the noise and pretend that everything was okay. But it wasn't long before things took a turn for the worse. It was the middle of the night when we heard the screams. They were distant at first, muffled by the rain and the wind. But as they grew louder and more frenzied, it was clear that something was terribly wrong. We rushed out of our tents, stumbling through the mud and the darkness towards the sound. And that's when we saw it, a figure silhouetted against the trees. It was Dave, or at least it looked like him. But there was something off about him, something twisted and unnatural. 
Before we could even react, the figure lunged at us, a primal scream ripping from its throat. We scattered, running in every direction, our only thought to get as far away from that thing as possible. When we regrouped, panting and shaking, we realized that one from our group was missing. It was Sarah, a quiet and unassuming girl who had always seemed to fade into the background. But now she was nowhere to be found, and we knew with a sinking sense of dread that whatever had taken Dave had also taken her. We had to get out of there, to escape whatever horrors were lurking in the woods. But as we stumbled through the underbrush, the storm raging around us, we couldn't shake the feeling that we were being hunted. And we knew that we were running out of time. As the storm raged on, we became hopelessly lost in the woods. The rain and the wind had disoriented us, and we had no idea which way to turn. We wandered for what felt like hours, our flashlights barely piercing the darkness as we stumbled over roots and rocks. We were exhausted, our nerves frayed to the breaking point. And that's when we heard it, the sound that sent a chill down our spines. It was a faint whine, barely audible over the storm, but it was enough to send us running in the opposite direction. We set up camp in a clearing, huddled together in our tents as the rain pounded the roof. But it wasn't long before we realized that we were down another member of our group. It was Gary, a burly guy with a hearty laugh and a quick wit. He had been assigned to keep watch, and now he was gone. We searched the surrounding area, calling out his name and shining our flashlights into the darkness, but there was no sign of him, no trace of where he might have gone. It was as if he had simply vanished into thin air. We were terrified, our nerves stretched to the breaking point. We knew we had to get out of there, but we had no idea how. The storm had knocked out our GPS and our phones were dead, leaving us completely cut off from the outside world. As the night dragged on, we huddled together in our tents, listening to the howling wind and the creaking trees. We knew that whatever was out there was still watching us, waiting for its moment to strike. And we knew that we were running out of time. We knew we had to leave, to escape whatever horrors were lurking in the woods. So we gathered our things and set out into the storm, our only thought to put as much distance between us and that cursed place as possible. We ran through the woods, our feet pounding the soggy ground as the rain poured down around us. We were cold and wet and terrified, but we didn't dare stop. We knew that whatever was out there was still following us, still waiting for its chance to strike. And then we saw it, a faint glimmer of light in the distance. We stumbled towards it, hope rising in our chests as we realized that it was an abandoned cabin. We rushed inside, grateful for the shelter and the relative safety it offered. The cabin was small and cramped, but it was dry and relatively warm. We huddled around a small wood stove, trying to get some much-needed rest as the storm raged on outside. But we knew we couldn't stay there for long. We had to figure out a way to get out of the woods, to find help and get as far away from that place as possible. We searched the cabin for supplies, searching for whatever we could find to help us on our journey. As the night wore on, we started to formulate a plan. We would set out at first light, following the river downstream until we found civilization. It wasn't much of a plan, but it was all we had. We settled in for the night, huddled together for warmth and comfort as we tried to get some rest. But even as we drifted off, we knew that we couldn't let our guard down. Whatever was out there was still out there, and we knew that it was only a matter of time before it came for us. As the night wore on, we continued to search the cabin for anything that might help us on our journey, and that's when we found it, a map and a compass hidden away in a secret compartment. We poured over the map, trying to get our bearings and figure out the best route to take. 
It wasn't easy. The storm had disoriented us and we had no idea how long we had been wandering in the woods. But with the help of the map and the compass, we were finally starting to get our bearings. As we searched, we came across a journal lying on the ground. It was old and tattered, the pages yellowed and brittle, but as we started to read, we realized that it was a warning. The journal described a skinwalker, a terrifying creature that roamed the woods, preying on unsuspecting travelers. It could take on any form, disguising itself as one of us before tearing us apart. We were terrified, our nerves stretched to the breaking point. We knew we had to get out of there, to escape whatever horrors were lurking in the woods. But as we prepared to leave, we couldn't shake the feeling that we were being watched. We gathered our things and set out into the storm, our only thought to get as far away from that place as possible. We followed the map and the compass, keeping to the shadows and trying to stay as quiet as possible. But we knew that the skinwalker was out there, stalking us through the woods, and we knew that it was only a matter of time before it caught up to us. We knew we had to leave the cabin to put as much distance between us and the skinwalker as possible. So we gathered our things and set out into the storm, our only thought to get out of the woods and find help. As we trudged through the underbrush, we could feel the skinwalker following us. We could hear its footsteps pounding the ground, its hot breath on the back of our necks. We ran as fast as we could, our hearts racing and our breaths coming in gasps. But somehow, we managed to outrun it. As the storm began to ease and the sun started to peek through the clouds, we saw a glimmer of hope on the horizon. It was a town, a small cluster of buildings nestled in a valley below. We rushed towards it, our feet pounding the ground as we stumbled down the hill. And when we finally reached the town, we collapsed in exhaustion, tears of relief streaming down our faces. We called for help, screaming and waving our arms until someone finally noticed us. And as the rescuers rushed towards us, we knew that we were finally safe. We had survived the skinwalker, but we knew that we would never forget the terror of that night in the woods. I had always been an avid hiker, but this trip was turning out to be something else entirely. My friends and I had set out on a challenging trail that promised stunning views and a good workout. But as the hours passed, things started to feel off. We had been following the markers and checking our map, but somehow, we kept ending up back at the same spot. It was as if we were walking in circles, no matter how hard we tried to stay on track. The sun was starting to set, and a feeling of unease settled over our group. As the light began to fade, we decided to make camp and figure out our next move in the morning. But as we settled in for the night, something even stranger happened. One minute, it was dusk, and the next, it was broad daylight. I couldn't explain it, but it was as if time had skipped forward. We were all disoriented and confused, but we knew we had to keep moving. We packed up our things and set off again, hoping to find some sign of civilization. But as the day wore on, it became clear that we were truly lost. The sense of being followed was palpable, and we couldn't shake the feeling that we were being watched. I tried to stay positive and keep my friends calm, but it was getting harder and harder to ignore the creeping sense of terror that seemed to surround us. We were deep in the wilderness now, and there was no telling what might be out there. I just hoped that we would find our way back home safely. As the night dragged on, it felt like it was lasting twice as long as it should have. We were all on edge, listening for any sign of danger, but it wasn't until we set up camp that things really took a turn for the worse. 
As we huddled around the campfire, trying to stay warm and draw some comfort from the flickering flames, we started to hear noises. Footsteps, rustling in the underbrush, the snapping of twigs. It was impossible to tell where the sounds were coming from, but it was clear that we were not alone. We tried to stay calm and rational, but fear was starting to get the better of us. We huddled closer together, trying to make ourselves as small a target as possible. But no matter what we did, the noises seemed to be getting closer and closer. I don't know how long we stayed like that, waiting for the dawn to break and bring some sense of safety with it. But eventually, exhausted and on the brink of panic, we crawled into our tents and tried to get some sleep. I don't think any of us slept much that night. We were too busy listening for the slightest hint of danger, ready to bolt at a moment's notice. When the morning finally came, we were all relieved to pack up and get moving again. But we knew that we were far from safe, and that whatever was out there in the woods was still lurking, waiting for its chance to strike. We set off at first light, determined to put as much distance between us and that terrifying night as possible. The sense of being watched and followed persisted, and we all kept our eyes peeled for any sign of danger. As the day wore on, we started to see more and more evidence that something was not right. Tracks in the ground that looked like they couldn't have been made by any animal we knew of. Strange markings on the trees, like they had been clawed at by some giant beast. And then, just when we thought things couldn't get any worse, we stumbled upon a lake. At first, the sight of the water was a welcome relief. We were all thirsty and hot, and the prospect of a swim was too tempting to resist. But as we got closer, we saw that something was off. The camp on the other side of the lake had been completely torn apart, like some kind of animal had attacked. We approached cautiously, trying to make sense of the scene in front of us. It was clear that whoever had been there had fled in a hurry, leaving behind their gear and supplies. But there was no sign of any bodies, and it was impossible to tell what had caused the destruction. We knew we had to get out of there, and fast. Whatever had attacked that camp could still be lurking nearby, and we didn't want to stick around to find out. We gathered up what supplies we could and made a run for it, not stopping until we were sure we were safe. It wasn't until much later that we finally made it back to civilization, and even then, the memory of that terrifying trip stayed with us for a long time. I never went hiking again, and I don't think any of my friends did either. Some things are just too scary to risk. I was driving down a lonely country road on a dark stormy night for hours. I hadn't seen any signs of civilization for miles, nothing but trees as far as I could see. How long had I been driving for? I never even noticed the sun go down. Driving through a forest without crossing a road or seeing any signs of life was making me more worried by the second. Gaslight suddenly started to flash, still nothing but trees. I was just about to pull over when I saw it. A flash of light from my car's headlights against some kind of reflection. Rain started to fall with awful timing and I pressed harder on the gas pedal to reach that flash in the darkness. It was like my own beacon of hope. I eventually reached a large black iron gate. The curled steel stood 10 feet tall and 15 feet wide, looming and swaying, half open in the wind. I parked my car just outside the gate and saw a few no trespassing signs that have been nailed to the trees nearby. The droplets of rain started to fall more heavily on my head and I ran back to my car. I tried to turn the key but the engine had stalled. I grabbed a flashlight, got back out into the rain and shined my light past the gate. 
There was nothing but a narrow gravel road that plunged into the darkness of the trees ahead and I was unable to see the end of it. Without really knowing where I was, and with my dead engine, I decided that I had no other choice but to follow the road that went into the trees. I mean, there's a gate and signs, there must be a house nearby, or a phone, I thought to myself. It felt more like I was preparing myself for what would probably be a long walk ahead. Armed with my flashlight, I approached the closed half of the gate and pushed it open. The long, airy screech of the cold, stiff iron was enough to make me feel even more uneasy than I did already. The rain fell heavier with every step and I was constantly moving the flashlight between my left and right side, trying my best to see anything through the dense forest on either side of me. I guess I am much more afraid of the dark than I thought. The trees continued to sway and creak with the rain and the wind, all the while my footsteps crunched on the narrow gravel road. I suddenly heard a branch snap and I immediately turned my light to the left and found nothing. Another snap, to the right, and again I found nothing under the thin beam of light of my flashlight. The walk seemed to be endless, with the occasional snapping branch. I continued to walk straight on with my head up, trying my best to focus on the road ahead and ignore the sounds around me. This time I heard a very loud thump behind me. I really didn't want to look, but I couldn't help but think. Whatever it was, is big enough for me to have heard and felt it through this noisy storm. With that in mind, I stopped, breathing heavily, yet trying my best to listen for any other clue as to what was behind me. Slow and heavy footsteps started to crunch on the gravel towards me. I remained motionless until the steps were so close that I started to feel breaths on top of my head. In that moment is when I bolted down the road. I had no idea how much further I needed to go, and at that point, I really didn't care. Running as fast as I could, thankfully, I did not hear anything chasing me. After some time, I dared to slow down, listening for anything that might be following me. I turned my head and my flashlight left and right into the trees on either side of me. Nothing. No footsteps, no snapping branches, no heavy breathing. At this point, I had gone too far now to turn back. Turn back to what? I'd be no safer sleeping in that car than I was now, alone and exposed in a dark forest on a stormy night. After a moment to catch my breath I continued on. A few moments later and that is when I saw a light. I had finally reached the edge of the dense forest. From what I could tell through the rain, there was a small wooden cabin in the middle of a large, empty field. There was a flickering light to be seen through a window. I took one step past the tree line in disbelief, then suddenly I heard a deep growl coming from behind me. I screamed and immediately started to run. This time, I heard a loud roar and loud footsteps running behind me, chasing me. When I reached the cabin, I wrenched the door open and slammed it shut as fast as I could, putting all of my weight against the door. The thing on the other side of the door started pounding, scratching and tearing at the door. Its snarls and howls terrified me so much that I managed to hold my ground during the fight of my life. After what seemed like hours, the thing outside the door ceased and retreated with a low growl. I took my chance to grab a nearby chair and wedge the door shut. After I made sure the door was secure, I took another moment to make sure I didn't hear anything outside, except for the storm of course. I decided that it was safe enough and I started to look around. The small cabin only had two rooms, a kitchen with a small round table and three chairs, in which I stood, and a threshold revealed the room with the flickering light. I cautiously entered the next room, welcoming its warmth in my cold wet clothes. There was nothing but an old bed with torn sheets to the right, a lit cast iron fireplace in the far left corner, 
and a high-backed armchair facing the blazing fire. I looked again over at the old bed and this time I noticed traces of what looked like blood on the torn sheets. My attention then turned to the huge cushioned armchair sitting alone, facing the fire. I slowly approached it from behind. I looked over the top of the chair and down upon the long dark tangled hair of a girl curled up in dirty, ragged and torn clothes. I quickly got myself in front of the chair and started to shake the girl awake. What are you doing here alone? There's a monster out there. Where's your parents? The girl didn't move, but I started to look around frantically as a familiar low growl started again, and this time it was coming from inside the room. I looked down to see the girl staring up at me with the brightest yellow eyes I had ever seen. Terrified, I fell back on the ground and was frozen with fear as I watched the girl crawl over the back of the chair. Growling, slowly growing, and her hypnotizing yellow eyes never left mine. I continued to stare in shock, unable to move or scream as she shifted into a mass of fur and teeth. I heard the same fearsome roar one last time before she finally lunged at me, claws out and teeth barred. I was lucky that day, or unlucky, however you want to look at it. My family called 911 when they didn't hear from me and police managed to track my phone to the cabin where I was found, barely alive. Alive, if that's what you want to call it. My legs don't work anymore and now I am blind because of the damage the creature caused in the attack. I wouldn't even want to know what I look like. A small miracle. Police never found the girl or the creature. I don't know if they believe my story. They think I was just in shock. I just had to get that night off of my chest, it's been haunting me for years. They say I was attacked by a bear for the size of the claw marks all over my body. Believe what you want. I know it was no bear and she won't ever let me go. The fact is, even though I can't see anything, I only see dark when I'm asleep. Every day in my waking moments, I still see those terrible yellow eyes.